Hello, welcome to Abiding Life Studios. I'm Noah Wells. Today I have with me Shay Wells. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and on the phone we have Steve Reinhard. Hi Noah. Hi Shay. It's great to be Hello. with you guys. You too. It's good to be with you. Well, today we would like to talk about, I think, something that a lot of us struggle with. I have struggled with it myself. Um, I know my wife has. I don't know if you have, Steve. Um, we're going to talk about anxiety. What's, uh, what's your guys' feelings on that, Steve? Have you struggled with that before, or is this kind of well, a new I'm, thing I'm, I'm feeling kind of anxious to talk about it, to tell you the <laughs> truth. I was a... Uh, uh, you know, I think it's kind of a human condition where mm, if I like public speaking, um, mm -hmm. I've felt anxious about doing that uh, or uh, meeting new people. I felt anxious about doing that. Uh, I've felt, I don't know if it's, I don't know if everybody else, but like I've over since I was diagnosed with cancer, I've kind of become a germaphobe. And so that's kind of a oh, different yeah. kind of uh, flavor of anxiety. Um, and, and I think maybe there's more of me around now that the coronavirus thing is happening to that, uh, where you I'm feeling anxious over something. And so, yeah, I, I think that's, uh, I definitely feel anxious from time to time. Th thanks for asking. How about you guys? Yeah, I went through um, a few years ago, what, three or four years ago? Probably. Four years ago. Um, I went through a full year where I had an awful panic attack 24 hours a day, seven days a week, where I was in the hospital weekly, maybe a few times a week, I would beg Noah to take me to the hospital because I was convinced that there was something medically wrong with me. And it didn't stop for a full, full year. year. Yeah. And that was one of the hardest years of our marriage. Um, because of that, I was constantly just like, something's wrong with me. You need to talk to me. And he's trying to work. And I would call him like, you need to talk to me because I'm going to die right here. And I need you to be on the phone so you can call 911. It's just like the craziest things. But my anxiety was so real and telling me that I had something medically so wrong. So yeah, definitely struggled with that. Yeah. So Steve, that's my question to you. You've had anxiety. So have you ever had a panic attack? Yeah, I, I have had a couple of panic attacks. One time they even took me to the hospital because I thought I was having a heart attack. Right, yeah. Uh, Such so, a weird feeling. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, like Shay was saying, you feel so real and it's like there's something in your body. And, the, and um, it's, yeah, the sensation is, I mean, I kind of like it actually because I have all sorts of, you know, I got vision problems now. So I just kind of look at panic attack now as just, just another kind of a distortion that it's, yeah. that's going on for me. And, it's, and it, it feels just absolutely 100% real. Uh, but uh, for my, in my case, uh, you know, I wasn't having a heart attack. The ambulance came and took me away and they were doing everything. And, but there was absolutely nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and well, I was just gonna say for myself, you know, like there's probably too much information for people, but I I was I have a really bad like a throat disease, and the the skin in my throat is it swells when I eat. I have a lot of problems when I eat, um, 
And if I, if I vomit, it'll usually tear my throat and then I'll start bleeding out of my mouth a lot. Mm. So that's what was the start of my anxiety was I did throw up and I started bleeding a lot out of my throat and I was so freaked out that it was going to happen. So then anytime I ate or any, anything, I started thinking about, Oh no, is this going to make me throw up? Mm -hmm. And I'd start freaking out, freaking out. And then the panic attack would come in and then I would just, I would just lay out on the bed. And this happened after, after going through it with Shay for so long of watching her. It's, it's almost like it, it was attacking something you fear. So then you just constantly focus on hers was death. So she was so, so, so terrified that she was going to die and leave what me, the kids leave the kids. It didn't really happen until I had, kids and then um we went to one of emily's doctor's appointments and they had told me which is a whole other story but with her birth issues which eventually we'll tell her birth story on a podcast too um they had basically said that i could have passed a blood clot to her and that's what caused all of her medical issues at mm -hmm. birth and so my instant thought was I'm going to die of a blood clot and I'm, it's my fault that she got sick. And so anytime I would have a leg pain or a mm -hmm. headache or chest pain, it was, I have a blood clot and I'm going to die and I'm going to leave these kids behind. And so then it, my biggest fear was just leaving my kids because as us parents know, we're the only ones that can raise our kids this way. <laughs> and so we, we do think like nobody can mother my children like I can. And I might have this underlying blood clot disorder that I do not have. I've been tested hundreds of times for, but I was so worried that I had something that they weren't getting. Mm -hmm. They were missing something. And so my biggest fear was dying of something that was undiagnosed and leaving my kids. Yeah. Oh, so terrifying. Yeah. So Steve, would your, would you say yours was something you were afraid of or do you think yours just kind of came on or from stress or what, what do you think yours you know, I was kind of out of it in terms of being um, aware of what's, what was really going on. I, I'm guessing, you know, because there's, there's some, from my experience, there's some pretty simple um, explanations. And, and the great thing about anxiety, this, uh, this is going to sound strange, is it's the easiest thing to cure. Uh, especially, especially if you're having a panic attack, because uh, there, you can actually prove to yourself that you're not having a heart attack. Like you could, you can get up and go uh, jog around a block. And the person that's having a heart attack can't do that. Uh, yeah. So you can actually, there's evidence you can do to challenge that thought that I'm going to die right now or have a heart mm -hmm. attack. Or, um, but but can I back up just a little bit? Yeah. And in terms of just the idea of having anxiety or having a panic attack, and you know, that seems, and can I be just the devil's advocate here just a little bit of and course. say, you know, like that really doesn't sound too Christian to me. It doesn't sound like you're really trusting God and to be having a panic attack right. and when uh, you should be trusting the Lord's going to take care of it, care of you and your kids. Right. And, uh, how would you reply to somebody who would say uh, that to you because i think that may be a common idea that we as christians we may not tell it to other people but we might say it about ourselves you know like if i really trusted god i'd never have a panic attack 
if I really trusted God for my kids, mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't have a panic attack. I, I wouldn't be in a, you know, what would you say to that? Yeah. And before Shay answers that, I definitely fell, I definitely fell into that. Uh, when we first were going through that with her is, you know, I would just say, just try, just trust in God, just trust in him to go through this. And so can we ask Shay, was that helpful when no. Noah said that? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it was not helpful I, at all. I actually, that was such a pivotal year for me in my walk of, with God because that whole year I was like, I am praying. I am going to God. Mm -hmm. I am doing those things. I'm only listening to Christian music. I'm reading the Bible. Like, I'm do I'm checking off all of the boxes and I still have it. So then I started thinking, maybe I'm not a good enough Christian. Maybe God and then my own abandonment issues set in to where I'm like, see, God doesn't love me and he doesn't care about me and he's not listening. And I really had to realize what a gift my anxiety was and that God had actually gifted it to me in order to truly see him because I was leaning so much on myself that through those times I had to only lean on him, which was really hard for me because that's not something I ever did. Mm, yeah. So you're saying it's a real gift. It was yeah. a, it's a gift instead mm -hmm. of something that you um, should be embarrassed or ashamed of Yeah, uh, that it was a gift Wow, that's really that's really beautiful and mind blowing to hear you say that, Shay. Well, we tell our daughter who has anxiety as well. We tell her all the time that it's such a superpower because when you have anxiety, most people with anxiety are also big empathy people. They can really read other people's feelings because their feelings are so vulnerable. If that makes sense, like. They can really sense that about people. And so you kind of have to, I don't know, kind of put yourself aside because you have anxiety, if that makes sense, right? Like you are, if you're having a panic attack, you have to kind of, like you said, work through it in the sense of I'm having a panic attack, so I'm going to check off all my boxes that I'm safe mm -hmm. and make sure that I can do tangible things and when you're doing that, you're not focusing on yourself. You're putting yourself aside. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes really good sense. Yeah. So it helps. I really like I really like how you described it to your daughter that uh, it's a superpower, you know. And it kind of reminds me of something that we say here at Abiding Life Ministries is that uh, we find our strength in our weaknesses. That yes. God's God's strength. Uh, flows through our weaknesses that we look for the cracks in our lives because that's where the light and the life flow through and and I, I really like that you phrase it that way that it's kind of a superpower mm -hmm. and, uh, that's a such a different way of looking at it instead of um, maybe it's something that I should get shouldn't have as a Christian I, and I really like Shay how you uh, questioned yourself and maybe you're not a good enough Christian or Maybe God really doesn't love you because the, the, I think those thoughts would certainly make your anxiety go up. Uh, well, right? and I think when you're 
when you're focusing on God's not answering me, I'm not worthy of this, he doesn't care, you're really just focusing on you and not your walk that God has for you. And I think that that's such a hard mental mind shift. And it's hard because it's easy. For me, it's easy to go, woe is me. He's not listening. He doesn't care and get angry than it is for me to pause and see why God has it in my life. And you're not always going to see it right away, but you're changing your focus on instead of on you and your hardship and your anxiety and what God's not doing. And you're changing the focus on, no, God's gifted me this anxiety to help people to, if I wouldn't have walked through that, that entire year, and then Noah going through his, we wouldn't have been able to walk through this with our daughter. Mm -hmm. And so it really was such a gift for us to be able to struggle that hard for that long to be able to then help her through her stuff and make her feel not alone. Mm. Yeah. It's like we, we want to walk with God, but we want to walk with God in comfort on our terms, on our terms. I don't want to be in pain. I don't want to have anything wrong with me nothing wrong with my family, you know, no panic attacks, no anxiety. And that's just, that's not, that's not real life. Well, when I accepted Christ that, and I was 13 and then I kind of walked away, but I always had this notion of when you accept Christ, your whole life changes and it does, but it changes. You're not going to struggle and things. God's going to be there for you and everything's going to be amazing. So then when it's not because life hits, you're like, God doesn't care and God doesn't love me. But really it's in those struggles that we find God's true love and true path for us. But I think it is so hard because we have this notion of if I have anxiety, maybe I'm not being good enough. Maybe God doesn't love me because I was told that my life was going to be perfect and now I'm struggling. So God doesn't care. Yeah. I really like what you're saying, Shay. That's so important to that. And I, th- and I think probably we all do that. And, and we're also kind of taught that, aren't we? Yeah, uh, I mean, so. at church and in, uh, and probably even within our own abiding life crowd, we, you know, like I, I'm, I'm positive. I, it's kind of embarrassing to admit, but I'm sure I would have told Shay, you know, a couple of years ago, well, if you were abiding, you know, you just mm-hmm. abide, yeah. uh, you know, if you're abiding, you're not going to feel any anxiety or, or maybe those other feelings. I really like that you brought up anger. Uh, and I think that for me, when I look back at uh, my experience with anxiety, a lot of it is because I've been unwilling to, because it's not very Christian to express your anger, uh, right? Uh, so you shouldn't feel angry. And so if you're telling yourself, I shouldn't feel angry, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to feel the next best feeling, which is anxiety. Uh, and, and until you can express, hey, I'm really feeling angry. And I can say it just like that. I don't have to like jump up and down and break things. I can just say I'm feeling angry. Yeah. Uh, uh, then that, uh, then I don't have that experience of needing to go to anxiety because I think a lot of times for me anyway, uh, there's that hidden emotion of anger. That's not so, you know, you can't really, uh, I, I think you can't really like look at that and go, well, uh, you know, that's a really Christian feeling or you're going to, uh, but anxiety is a little bit more acceptable. 
I'm just feeling anxious. And, uh, and so I think probably they go, they walk hand in hand. I'm pretty sure for me, I've never felt anxious or angry without feeling them both at the same time. Right. And probably too embarrassed to express either one. Yeah. Uh, or, or ashamed or guilty. Uh, so I really like, you know, what you're saying and, and, and how uh, you guys have learned yourself and then been able to uh, experience that with your daughter. Yeah. The, the same feelings and, and beauty, kind of the beauty of it. Yeah, and the I mean, the cool part about God is he's always working in everything. And, you know, like with her going through that with the year, you know, that was a hard time, like she said, in our marriage. But he was working on her with something, you know, about abandonment issues that made her like get over that speed bump of abandonment, which was really cool to see, really cool to watch. I mean, yeah, it was hard a lot of the times. But at the same time, God was teaching me in it of not getting everything that I want out of Shay, all my happiness, everything I need. I need, I need, Shay's not meeting all this. Why isn't she meeting this? I'm married to her. She needs to be meeting all this to me. And all of a sudden that was gone because she couldn't. I mean, like she said, I was taking her to the hospital. I would get home from work. I'd load up the kids, load her up, go to the hospital. That's, that was the thing. It, w- it would go on day after day. Yeah. Sometimes we'd miss a day, and then the next day we'd do it. Well, those days that we wouldn't go to the hospital, I was still begging you to. Yeah, she was still begging me to. Yeah. She wasn't sleeping. You know, the marriage was... Rocky. Rocky, you know? <laughs> but what God taught me out of that was get all that out of him. Yeah. And once I started you know, not trying to get it all out of her and really just caring for her. Just love her, Noah, just love her. Hmm. And that's what I did. And, and then just constantly talk to God, constantly, you know, really start that relationship even more with him. Hmm. It was, uh, it was, it was really cool because we both got to learn something out of it. And that's what I love about God is he, you might see that he's only doing something with Shay, but really he's doing it with both of us. Hmm. And then we both got to learn, like she said, we got to learn together. Then when Ainsley's anxiety started up, we got to be a part of that as well. And, uh, you know, maybe Shay could share a little bit of um, uh, Ainsley's anxiety, if you guys are okay with that. Yeah, that'd be great. If And I'd, and I'd and probably be good to uh, hear how anxious I, I would imagine if my kids were feeling anxious, I would be feeling anxious and scared for them and, and want to do everything I could to help them. Yeah. So yeah. I'd love to hear so, how you're feeling about it, Shay. Yeah. So buckle up because it's going to be quite a story. But um, Ainsley is now nine and we've always known that she has anxiety. She'd be six, seven, eight months old and we could never leave her with anybody. Nobody could hold her. She would scream and scream and scream. We couldn't go to church and put her in the children's group. We couldn't have babysitters. Not even family could come and watch her because she had the awful anxiety that we thought was separation anxiety. We thought that she would overcome it. Mm -hmm. Um, Preschool happened. She still screamed every drop off, cried through her whole class for four teachers. 
um, dealt with that. And then kindergarten came, she screamed through the first eight weeks of school, but then she mellowed out and she got used to it. And her teacher was great at really loving her through that process, but Mm -hmm. also being like, you're in kindergarten now it's time to, you know, grow up a little bit and it's time to just come in and do all of this. But she screamed at drop off for about eight weeks, which I worked in kindergarten for a few years and that's pretty normal for kindergartners about six weeks of crying at drop off. So we just thought, okay, we're good. Um, but we always, again, knew she had some underlying anxiety. So we still didn't have babysitters at this time or anything. Um, and first grade came around and first grade, she did great. She didn't cry at drop off first day. She never cried at all, ever. She loved it until February 16th. And so she went through a half a year of, of first grade, no problems. February 16th rolled around and she had, um, she was walking through the hallway after recess and she fell and hit her head. And so she went to the clinic and so she missed lunch. Um, she went back to her teacher and she said, Hey, I missed lunch. Can I have some lunch? Her teacher opened her lunchbox in front of the class and told her that her lunch was not healthy enough. How dare she not have that food that she needs to have and raised her voice at her over her lunchbox, which, um, backstory Ainsley has a ton of allergies. So her lunches don't look like normal kid lunches. They look a little different. Um, so I was walking, I worked at the school, so I was walking by her classroom and saw Ainsley crying with her teacher in front of her peers. And I walked in and I said, is everything okay? And she goes, I don't know what you want to do about this lunch. You need to take her. So I took Ainsley into my classroom and I got her some cashews and some, some apple to make sure it was healthy and, uh, got her to calm down and sent her back to class. And I went back to work. And, um, about an hour later I heard, or no, sorry, back up. I went to my classroom back from my lunch and Ainsley was in my classroom. And I was like, why is she here? And, uh, she goes, Oh, my teacher told me that if I was going to cry like a baby, I needed to go back to kindergarten. And I was furious. So I called Noah and I said, you need to come get her. I can't deal with this right now, but she won't go back to class. Her teacher said X, Y, and Z to her. So Noah came and picked her up that day and the next day she wouldn't go to class. And not only would she not go to class, it started a series of screaming through the halls, running to her teacher or her sister's classroom. It started, um, escaping from school, escaping from school. We were told that we needed to get her an emergency mental evaluation. We were told, they were going to call the cops on us because she wouldn't go to school. Um, Noah and I had to physically pick her up and place her in the car. She would not get in the car. Um, we went through from February 16th until May 28th when school got out. She went to school a total of 10 days and those 10 days Noah was in class with her. And um, we were told it was a power struggle. We were told that she needed to be disciplined out of this. Um, so we took her birthday away, the adoption day away, celebration, all these things that we regret as parents now. 
Um, but after about three days of struggling of getting her in class, the principal um, decided that she had had enough and she physically picked Ainsley up and shoved her in the classroom, shut the door behind her and barricaded the door shut for 35 minutes while Ainsley was on the other side in front of her peers, screaming and clawing at the door to get out. And decided that that's what was gonna get her to go back to class was she's the adult, Ainsley needs to listen. So we're gonna shove her in the classroom and hold the door shut. And eventually she'll give in. Well, if you know anything about panic attacks, they don't stop because of discipline. Mm -hmm. They don't stop because of punishment. It actually made it worse to where that classroom became like there was fire at the door and she wasn't going to walk through that fire. So um, we never got her to go back that year no. unless you were with she, her. They did change her classes. We did change classes. And then I went to school with her every day for the rest for of the year. Two weeks you yeah, went. two weeks. And then we got our therapist who has now been a game changer, but she still didn't. Still didn't go back. She spent weeks upon weeks in the office screaming that nobody loved her and nobody cares about her and nobody was listening. Yeah, and that was her fear. And that was her right? fear was that nobody would love her. And we were all proving that to her day after mm -hmm. day. So it's been quite the walk with her. School is her biggest trigger, clearly. Duh. Um, and that, that's what was so hard for the school to understand and for people to understand was if you saw her outside of school, she's running and she's jumping and she's funny and she's doing all these things. But then you see her at school and you see her screaming and throwing books at the teacher and desks at the teacher and things that were very not in her character. Um, so people thought that this was just a power struggle or something at home is or happening. something at home. And that was the other thing was talking to counselor upon counselor and, and other people was she comes from a normal home. She hadn't had anything really traumatic happen, minus the being locked in a classroom, minus the teacher. But before that, you know, she comes from a pretty quiet, normal home. And so people couldn't understand really even how to help her. Because I think so many times we associate if you have anxiety, something had to have triggered it, which is not the case. So, so many times people are like, well, what happened to cause that? I don't know. My body's just going crazy. I'm just having anxiety. So. Yeah. They want an answer to what happened, you know? Yeah. What's the reason? What, what happened to her? What are you doing to her to yeah. make it happen? So those emotions we all went through too. Of well, and I had said, you know, and hear me out here for a second, cause it's going to sound mm -hmm. absolutely awful. But I had told Noah at one point, you know, I wish that God wouldn't have given her anxiety, but that he would have just given her cancer instead. And my reasoning behind that was as a mother, I would have had a medication to help her. I would have had support from a school. I would have had support from my peers. People would have understood. They would have had pity for us. They would have, you know, I felt like that was like, an oh, easier road it to was go. an easier road instead of she has this invisible thing that nobody believes us that she has. And so we're getting zero support. Yeah. So were you feeling like judged and criticized yeah. and, and we, and I still do 
personally because I deal with a lot of the school stuff because she's very attached to Noah and so like drop-offs and stuff with him are harder for her and it's hard because I look like that helicopter parent that I'm not that I'm like here's what she needs I'm gonna drop her off at the door we have to give this specific kiss and it has to be at this time and here's what you need to do as a teacher you know I look like this parent that I'm not and so then people look at me like this lady is babying this nine-year-old and she's like making up this story because Ainsley looks normal mm -hmm. And so it was like, why, it was like, there were times where I'm like, why does she have to look so normal? Why can't she have something medically wrong with her? But then I shot myself in the foot because then this year we were told she might have leukemia. And I was like, wait a minute. No, yeah, we don't I'm want that. good with the anxiety. <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, but yeah, I mean, God has taught us a lot. Even out of that, even watching Ainsley go through that, yet again, trust in him. You know, he's got her. And I mean, that's a whole nother story too, is God asked, God, I was in church and God asked me to give Ainsley to him. And I just flat out said, no way. No way I'm doing that. I'm not going to do that to her. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And this was when she was right in the, the midst of anxiety, like, we were struggling. We were crying every night. We were. Our marriage was on the rocks again. Yeah, we were, because <laughs> our focus wasn't on us. It was fully on Ainsley. And, mm. you know, I said no to him for, I don't know. A long time. Probably a month. And I finally gave in and said, okay, you can have her. And it seemed like from in my head, it was, it was for her, but I think it was more for me to let go of her because I was still trying to protect her and hold on to her. I'm the one who's going to protect her, not God. Hmm. Yeah. And once I was allowed, you know, able to let that go, it really did help me trusting God even more and say, okay, God, you have her. It helped us be her support and not her fixers. Yeah, not be the fix. We were like, we have to fix this. We have to fix this. We're going to help you. We're going to help you. And now we realize that there's nothing that we can do to help her because God has got her. He's going to help her eventually in his time. In his time, which yeah. is not fun to go through, but we know that eventually he's going to help her in that time, whether that's just giving her the tools and allowing her to continue to have anxiety the rest of her life, that he's going to strengthen her through that or whether he's going to take it away from her fully but we now are now in the support role and not the fix role, which took a lot of pressure off of us mm -hmm. to just love her and support her where she's at. Yeah. And it was really just kind of changing your asking of God, right? Your praying of, yeah. instead of saying, God, take this way, God, take this way. God, we, we got it. She's got to have this way. You got to, she's uncomfortable. Yeah. She can't be uncomfortable. Yeah. And instead switching it over to going, wow, thank you, God to allowing her to have that and it's such a special thing and it's a gift you know it's it's yeah. you just looking at it differently with that with the lord and it's 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 cool but it, it took us some time to get to that point of praying and saying thank you for you know and we're we're going to trust however long you want it in her life and the cool part about it is we see something different every day with her yeah. hmm. 
every day we're learning something from the Lord in that. And it's, and she's learning it too. I mean, just the other, just yesterday, we were all, she went, she wanted us to go around and say what we're Yeah, it was Easter. Yeah. And so she said, we're going to go around and we're going to say one thing that we're thankful to God for. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay. Like she says little things about that. And she said, I'm so grateful that I can go to God when I have anxiety. And God taught her that, not us, because I will tell you, my first thought is I'm going to fix it. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to go to God. That's how I work because of my own issues. And God's like, whatever, you can try to fix it until you come to me. And then we'll, we'll deal with you that. You just take but the longer road. That's I do. Right. I take the long scenic route. But I think that that's so helpful with parenting in general, because we see our kids struggle. And mm-hmm. Steve, you have grown kids, which we're not there yet, but will come very quickly but watching them make mistakes and go through their hurts and struggles struggles and having to rely on the fact that God has got them and you're not the fixer for them, but you're the support for them, I think helps in the long run, but I also don't have adult kids. And so you can tell me if I'm completely wrong in saying that. Yeah, you are. You're, you know, it's like easy. It's like they, you know, like your kids, they get totally, it's not a problem. I knew it. Yeah, no, no, it's so true. And I, what I really like about what you're saying is that it's uh, the idea that, um, that we would have the, the role, say we're playing the role of fixer in each other's lives. It's aside from being just kind of insane, because I've got so many mistakes and boo-boos in my own life that I, that I did that I could fix anybody mm-hmm. uh, is kind of ludicrous uh, but uh, I still catch myself with that pl- trying to play that role and I and uh, so I think what you're saying Shay is so important that you guys have switched roles uh, to just being there supporting her uh, because when you know and one of the things that uh, I don't know about you guys but I've got like a really good fixer antenna and when someone's wanting to fix me, yeah. Uh, number one, I dig my heels in, and right. you know, it's like I am not screw, screw this. I am not changing because of you're trying to fix me. I don't I, like I'm perfectly, perfectly unfixable, and I will <laughs> prove it to you. Uh, and so, uh, but when but the flip side of that is is what you guys have been describing is. Um, I'm going to accept you just like you are, just exactly like God made you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and in fact, you don't need to be fixed. Uh, you, you just need to be you and I need to be me. And if part of me is uh, worrying about you, like I have grown kids and grandkids, uh, and part of me is I'm concerned about them and I call them up and I can just express that and tell them how I'm feeling. Like, uh, you know, I'm really... Well, the Corona thing is, uh, you know, I'm kind of scared for you guys and I, and, uh, and, and it's so sad right now. I can't even uh, go hug my grandkids or hug my kids. Uh, that's, uh, agonizing in a way. And uh, to be able to just call them and tell them that, uh, or we saw them, we saw them through the window the other day and Barb, uh, oh my gosh, uh, it was painful, uh, to drive away. And, but to be able to call up and instead of trying to fix them or fix the problem or, you know, come up with a way, but just to be able to express how we're feeling. And, and uh, I really like what you say, support one another 
to be there uh, and instead of fixing mm-hmm. the person as we get to walk hand in hand uh, through some painful times together and some joyful times together. Uh, so I, I really like that you guys have switched roles from being the fixers to yeah. being the supporters. It's just, I, I think we could do 10 podcasts just on that yeah. fact. Uh, I love hearing that. Thanks so much for sharing that. Yeah, it is nice. It definitely does take the pressure off. Definitely even, I think God did that with me with when she was going through her thing. And I know God did that with her when I was going through my stuff is, you know, God just constantly told Shay to love me. And I mean, we were basically roommates then. So, yeah. and you know, she wasn't trying to fix me. She's just trying to love me and, and be there. And I think that takes a lot of anxiety. It took a lot of anxiety off of me to not try to fix her. Like I'm like trying to come up with the best God yeah. uh, answer for her. So it'll blow her mind and it'll change her yeah. life. You know, so you're just constantly thinking, asking God, okay, God, give me this one thing that will just change it. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I know that you guys have touched on this in previous podcasts, and I think it could be a whole other podcast was what we saw, especially in this instance of fixing was not God's idea of fixing. So we needed to step out of the way. And I Mm -hmm. think that that's so important in any relationship, not just parenting, but in friendship, in social media friendship, you know, you see somebody struggling and it's like, what can I do to help you? We're really, God's the only buddy who, the only one who can help who Mm -hmm. can fix, who can steer your life. And it's really our job as a whole, as Christians, to just love and support and not fix. Because my idea of fixing him Mm -hmm. was not God's idea of fixing him. And my idea as a mother to fix my daughter is not God's plan for her. And really, it would just be the easy route for her because that's what we want as parents is we want our kids' lives to be easy and beautiful and not struggle. But God's like, no, she needs this. And she just needs you to step out and support her and just love her through this. She doesn't need you to fix her because I've got her. And I think that that's just so important in any relationship is for us to just come alongside and support and love one another and let God handle the rest. And for this grade A control freak, it's very hard to do. So how do you, how do you go about doing I Cause like, I, I don't know anything about being a control freak. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have any ideas, but so how do you, uh, how do you go about doing that? Of, of well, shifting that role from controlling and wanting to fix to, supporting well first I have to try to control and fix it because Mm -hmm. that's me and like I said I take the scenic route so first I try and I try really 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 hard until I exhaust myself I I, I like that about you because you know what that tells me you really care I do you were really passionate and you care about the people in your lives yeah so I want to fix them and I'm going to fix them and then when they're not fixed I'm like this isn't for me. <laughs> and, I, and honestly, in order for me to step out of the way, now God can shove me out of the way. And that's a whole other argument that I'm never in God's way because he can do anything. I'm not powerful. So 
don't take that that yeah, way. You get it. Yeah. yeah. But I need to step aside and press more into God myself because if I'm trying to fix everything, I'm only looking at myself and that other person. So in order to be the love and support, I have to lean into God because he's really the only person that can even give me the love and the support and the strength to only love and support. I feel like it takes me more strength to step aside and just support. That's the hard road than it is for me to step into the fixer role. That's easy <laughs> for me. And so I have to lean into God for that strength to step aside. And so that is mm -hmm. what I have to do is realize my fixing is really just my flesh trying to make everybody happy and make everybody healthy and, and make sure that everybody's on a great place. But really I have to get myself right with God, which is hard for me because I have abandonment issues like crazy. And so it's hard for me to lean on a God that I feel is unreliable. Yeah. That's always about one foot out the door, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm learning. I'm a work in progress. Oh, I love hearing <laughs> that. I like, I like, I like the, I, the whole idea that there's process going on here and that we're, we are in the process in the middle of it mm -hmm. all the time. And that, uh, that, uh, and I think that's part of why I asked that question of how you, what's the process for you to shift roles of being a fixer. Uh, and I like that you are so genuine, Shay, that, and that you still do it. That part of the process is you have to try. Mm -hmm. uh, that's so, that's so cool and uh, that you can try and then you can uh, shift gears. And as you fit, kind of fail and find, come to the end of you and your abilities, then you can, well, as you said, press into God and find, uh, find that he's there, that he actually hasn't abandoned you and that he is there. You didn't actually say that. So I may be putting words in your mouth. No, it's definitely, yeah, I always, he surprises me because my instant thought was, I'm going to talk to him and I'm going to, you know, get out of the way in a sense and allow him to do these things, but I'm going to half believe he's not going to, mm. but then he surprises me because then he actually shows me something that I'm like, oh, you are here and listening, but I have to be able to give I have to give up really is mm. what it comes up to because I will keep going and keep going I am a persistent person so I will keep trying to fix things until God's finally like are you done because I'm here and I've got this so just stop and then he'll mm -hmm. give me little glimpses of see Ainsley did well today because I've got her you did nothing and so he, gave, he gives me little glimpses of I need to just stop because I'm really just exhausting myself. Mm. That's great. Yeah. You got to let go. Got to let go, which is not <laughs> easy. <laughs> it's, it's true. And it's, it is a challenge. And at the same time, it's when you do let go, it's like the easiest thing in the world. Right. Yeah. It was like, it wow, is. this is, this is so easy. Uh, but to to get to that moment in time when we'd actually go hands open hands um it takes 
a lot of time in agony sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, not all the time, but I think for our, for probably most of us, it's a, it's a challenge to get to the point where we let go. And then, uh, and then when we do, it's so peaceful. And we, the word we used to use in the inviting uh, life was rest. We can rest then. And mm-hmm. that letting go is a, you know, it's really is a restful place. Um, and I, and I, as I've been thinking about anxiety, I think that one of the benefits of it, and I would love to look at the benefits, maybe do, do another podcast, the benefits of, of anxiety is um, you get to that place of rest pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, you though, and that's so that's a, I wouldn't want to lose that. I wouldn't want to give up on anxiety because it takes us to that place of rest. Maybe a quicker, maybe it's a quicker route. Um, so, so let me ask a quick question. I know we're probably getting close to running out of time. Yeah. I think uh, so, so, yeah. so uh, and this is, you know, you may need to edit this part, but, um, so like would a, would a man of like a great man of God ever, um, who's walking with Jesus ever have a panic attack? <laughs> Shay, I, I'll ask you that question. Yeah, I would say yes, but go ahead, Shay. Well, we're all human i don't think it really matters how big of a christian you think you are (laughs) but you're still going to struggle because we all have struggles and god's still going to give you struggles no matter what i think yeah i mean i've I've had i've had a panic attack at a men's retreat before oh yeah and i mean all we're doing is talking about god (laughs) so i i don't know how else to well, the enemy still attacks you no matter where you are. Yeah, he still he puts that fear in your head. Yeah, you still are going to struggle. What if you tear your throat again, Noah? Oh, no, yeah. Right. I might tear my throat again. Yeah. And, you know, to add to that, like, I know earlier in the podcast, Steve, you were talking to just like, you feel like you're having a heart attack, go for the run. Well, for me, like, dying dying for me, I, I don't care about that like Shay does. I'm not afraid of that at all so I was having a full-blown panic attack and feeling like I was gonna die had a heart you know felt like a heart attack everything I was pouring sweat so I just I went somewhere where no one was I laid on the bed and I said go ahead kill me then if that's what you want to do so bad then kill me yeah yeah and I, th- I love that way. because as soon as we address our fears uh, like yeah. that it, uh, I think, and that's the, you know, we didn't say anything about panic attacks or anxiety, but it's really is we're afraid of something uh, that if something doesn't happen, whatever our worst fear is, uh, is going to happen. But soon as we say, okay, I'm going to run to that, uh, like you did there, Noah's, okay, I'm going to die. I'm going to die mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. My body's going to die. Uh, then it does vaporizes. So, I'll, I just love that. So the reason I asked that question was, and probably not too many people know this, but I was uh, in India with your dad one time and we were, we spent the night in this hotel room. We were staying there, South India. And, and uh, you know, he always complained about not sleeping, but that night he was snoring and snoring and snoring. Next morning I asked him how, well, so how'd you sleep? He mm-hmm. goes, awful. I didn't sleep a wink the whole night. I said, well, I don't know. There was like a train in this room <laughs> who kept me awake all night. He goes, no, what really happened, Steve, was uh, all night last night I had a panic attack. 
and I was awake all night uh, with feeling this feeling this intense panic uh, and so um, so we talked about it and uh, uh, but I just wanted to throw that out you know so that say that uh, Mike your dad pa uh, was as hum human as the rest of us and struggled yeah. with the same things we struggle with, um, even though uh, he could be really funny and um, joke about him. He would yeah. have joked about that, I'm sure. Uh, and, I, and I love that about him, that I would never have wanted him to be the super guy who never had struggles mm -hmm. or had, had a panic attack or was anxious or angry or uh, the things that... Uh, were, that made him so human to me and who, the parts of him that I love, love still so deeply. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think it kind of comes down to is nobody is above struggling. So it doesn't really matter how great of a Christian you are, how perfect you are. You're not above struggles. And I know for me, when Ainsley hit that, we even questioned, was it something we did? Was it something, she's just a kid. Kids aren't supposed to have any of this. She comes from a good Christian home. We've been decent parents, you know, we start thinking, was it something we did? Was it something, but really it comes down to the fact that you're not above struggling mm -hmm. and God's going to put something in your life, whether you're as perfect as can be or not, to reveal himself to you even more or reveal himself to your spouse or reveal himself to your child that even though she's a child and you think, well, faith like a child, like Jesus loves her. She's a kid. God still has placed a struggle in her life for a reason and nobody's above it. And just how easy it is for her to just say, yeah, I just go to God when I'm, yeah. I got anxiety. I wouldn't have done that at night. <laughs> I don't even do that now. Yeah, well, <laughs> what are you talking about? That's not that easy to do, Ainsley. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah, she's like, I just go to God. I'm like, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still learning that. <laughs> right on. Well, I, lo I love hearing you say that, Shay, that nobody's beyond a struggle. And, and it's a great thing because, in other words, uh, we miss out on the gift yeah. of anxiety and, yeah. the, and the gift of uh, the struggle. Yeah. Well, yeah, just with Shay even saying that, what popped in my head was none of us, none of us are above God working in our life. Yeah. Because I think a lot of us, we see struggle as such a bad thing. We got to get rid of it. We got to get, pray away, pray it away. Everyone pray for me. Get it away. Get it away. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable. Please get it away. But no, that's where, where, that's where we find the coolest stuff in being uncomfortable. At least for me, I've learned huge things in my life being very, very uncomfortable. Well, we see struggle as such a bad thing. It's such a negative thing. It's you shouldn't struggle. Yeah. You shouldn't struggle with anything because aren't you a Christian or aren't you guys? You Are you know, doing the checks? You doing getting everything? Yeah. You're doing all the dues, reading your Bible, praying. You're doing all the things. Going to church? And, Come on. Yeah. And, and you shouldn't be struggling. And then you are, and then you feel like something's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. So then you go down such a negative spiral instead of saying, yeah, I struggle. And it's awesome because this is what God's doing in it. And this is what God has taught me in it. So you can choose to have your negative struggles over there, but I'm going to choose to see my struggles as such a positive blessing. Because like I said before, without my anxiety, I wouldn't have seen 
how consistent God really is in my life. And even though there are still many days that I see him as one foot out of the door, but I wouldn't have seen how consistent and how much God has me if it weren't for those. He wouldn't have seen that I couldn't fill any of his needs because I'm not the perfect wife at all. And Ainsley wouldn't see who God really is even at nine years old. And she wouldn't be teaching any of this. So we could, this could have been a very different podcast of woe is us, anxiety is terrible, and here's what it's done, and we still have it. But instead, it's really God gives us the choice to see it as such a blessing and see how much he's actually working within us. Hmm. I love hearing that. That's, that sums it up, Shay. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Thanks, thanks for sharing that your struggle with us uh, in this podcast and the, and the a whole different way of looking at it. Yeah, definitely. You're, you put on God's sunglasses looking at it that way. Did they look nice on me? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that will wrap this podcast up, but man, I think it's a, I think it's a nice reminder for all of us that we're not alone. I mean, we all struggle with this. Even Mike Wells, you know, yeah. had panic attacks, had anxiety. A nine-year-old little girl still has panic attacks. Yeah, anxiety. anxiety yes. Like, and guess what? God's walking with us in all of it. Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. And just love each other. Yeah. I think that's. Mm -hmm. I think that was a good point that Shay made. Stop being the fixer. Just, just love. And. I know that's what helped our marriage. Just when I was struggling, she loved me. When she was struggling, I loved her. We moved on, you know, and I think that's a good way to do it. Yeah. Beautiful. So I just want to add real quick. Um, we just announced on Facebook, on the abiding life, Facebook and on Instagram, but just so people hear it too on this, um, we just added, all of Mike Wells's DVD sets for free on the website. And they are, just so you guys know, one of them is called Abiding Life Basic Seminar. Another one is Abiding Life Basic Seminar Expanded. And the other one is Counselor Lecture Training. So they're all on YouTube now. And you can click it from the website. You just click on watch and then you can click on any of those, watch them right off the website or go onto YouTube and then you can like it, comment on it, whatever. Just thought it, we just thought it would be a really cool tool for people while they're just sitting at home, you know, yeah. and if you want to do some discipling for other people, I mean, that's a great tool to start watching and even if you don't want to do discipling for people, it's a cool it's a cool thing to listen to and get to watch and see him teach. So um, I'm as you can probably hear in my voice and my face, I'm very excited about it. So I think it's going to be really cool for a lot of people. Um, I love the opportunity to be able to give it out for free too. So thank you guys for your generosity in doing that. That's really uh, amazingly generous of you to do that. And it's those are some incredible. Uh, DVDs and messages and uh, mm -hmm. training. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, before you wrap it up, just if you go to YouTube, 
Make sure to click subscribe on YouTube so that anytime we upload content like these podcast videos or anything like that, you'll automatically get a notification. And then also make sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram where we post other updates and stories and things so that you're up to date with the new things that the ministry is doing as well. Yep. There you have it. Thank you for watching and listening. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, guys. Love you.